You'd think by the 200th episode of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, which this show is, we would have this down pat, have it figured out. Well, we've got another thing for you. So in this show, we're taking suggestions on how to make this show better. So listen in, and if you have a solution, give us an answer, just like we do with your motorcycle and motorcycle product-related questions. Welcome to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. It's uh, show number 200. So welcome, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining in. It's uh, it's a different kind of show today. It's a lot different, actually. So I'm 100% solo uh, in the studio right now. And Matt is kind of in the background uh, pushing some buttons. Tonight's show is going to be a little different because we're going to do a guest show. We're just going to bring in a lot of our, our old guests uh, that have come on before, talk about how the show's doing. So we will do that. Uh, I'm pushing buttons and see how they work. So I've got that screen going. I got this screen going. When Logan used to be here, he used to sit right there, but I got rid of him. So he's gone, even though he was here last week. And the funny thing is I can hear George on the line. Is uh, I don't know if that's going out on the show or not. That, that'll be interesting. But Mark, yeah, you've watched 200 episodes of this crap. So such an experience of Tequila Tuesday. Well, actually, it's Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, live from Pahrump, Valley of the Dirt People. I have something else that's pretty cool. And it'll be, I think it's, I think it's running on the screen and the projector behind me if I did all that stuff right. So uh, who's waiting in there? George is sitting there waiting. So Matt, why don't we uh, try to bring George on and uh, we'll see how this works out. George, welcome to the show. <laughs> we just got, we got, just got your forehead. That's all we really need, right? There, you, you make the adjustment. You fix, you fix my problem on your end. This is the way I like to work. So if you're not familiar with Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, George, what, what is this show about? Motorcycles and motorcycle-related product. But mostly it's just screwing around. Good information. Right on. So we answer your question. If you have it, you can put it up in the chat if you're on one of our forums. So you might be listening to it like live on Facebook or live on YouTube. You can type into the chat. If you have a podcast you listen to on the podcast or something you can just comment someplace uh i don't know where send us an email uh jimmy at dirtbiketest.com but this show would not be possible without the help of our sponsor so i'm testing george again to see if he remembers because he's coming from the deck in a beautiful far away location uh closed a lot of smoke yeah a lot of smoke there's some fires not too bad today but there's some weather coming in there's a big squall moving north from the south of us and victor wants to know if uh you're hulk hogan he's just uh he's just getting fit it's uh 270 how many days 275 within a couple hours not yeah, 275 days without a without a without a drink no reason no so, dui no problem nothing like that just decided to stop see what it was like right so uh i um 
I did that last night at about, I would say 10. I think, I think I, I had, I think I, no, it might've been earlier. Actually, I don't, I didn't, I only had a beer, uh, earlier. Actually, I was supposed to go, I was supposed to go by the Italian restaurant and pay my bar tab, uh, down the street. You got a tab, <laughs> today, but I, a I forgot. Well, I, I was, I kind of rolled in a little after closing and they, they'd already closed down the, the book. So, uh, anyhow, we did have a question. Scott Zendel had a question right off the top. We're going to start with this. He said, hi, I raced my 2017 Sherco 300 SE this weekend and it would not rev out. Nothing changed maintenance wise, maintenance wise or otherwise. It only has 50 hours on it. Check the compression and it was 250 PSI, not a typo. I checked my friend's newer Sherco. It's similar and it was 150. What's going on with mine being so high? That's a, that's a really good question. I've never heard of a bike gaining compression. I know on a two stroke, if, what was that? Carbon buildup. He's got carbon yeah, buildup gain compression. Yeah, it, it. So, so there's. You're saying there's so much carbon up in the cylinder head and on top of the piston that he's he's getting bonus compression. He said it wouldn't rev up, right? Right. And and, and so Scott, the question is: Was it revving fine the last time you rode it, and then it just started not revving fine this time? Because that would indicate something happened. And like we always say in the show, what was the last thing you worked on? Uh, but that's what he said. Nothing changed maintenance-wise or otherwise. Uh, most of the time when we get questions that are just kind of out of the ordinary, we go back to what was the last thing you worked on? What was the last thing you touched? And that usually leads us down the path. I, would uh, I was going to say... Plugged on one end or the other, right? Exhaust is plugged or intake's plugged, some plugged up. If it was like an overnight, I don't know, thing, something get. Yeah, I don't know how it would. Could it ingest something? Yeah, I don't know how. Oil, yeah, I don't know how it would plug so much. quickly. Yeah, I'm not sure how it would plug so quickly, but uh, that's a <clears throat> thing. Don't die <clears throat> on us. So, but on two strokes, just so you know that the, the the compression goes down when the power valve goes up, and but you're when you're testing the compression, you're usually not getting the power valve to activate. Although I know that Sherco does have an electronic power valve, I'm pretty sure. And I'm wondering if somehow it's not uh, operating properly. That's just kind of a wild guess. We'll see if he gets back to us and uh, lets some some stuff. Uh, he's uh, flying. Brian says, check the air, air cleaner. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that that would uh, be. Oh, he's starting this other one. So, George, we have one other uh, question here. Um, Tom Gray says, Hey guys, I have a, you got to get a better connection. You're clipping. I am. Yeah. Now you are. So anyways, I have a 2001 YZ new 2021 YZ250F with a starting issue when cold. It has trouble starting initially, but once it starts, you can turn it off and straight away it will restart easily. Could this be battery related? Not cold enough cranking amps possibly. Well, is it is the is the starter spinning over, Tom? Is the starter spinning over as it should? Uh, if it's if it's kind of a little sluggish or weak. So one thing is that the Yamaha's come with a lithium battery stock, so lithium batteries have to warm up to give 
full cranking amp. So if you, the one thing I always do on my bikes have a lithium battery is before I go to start it, I actually, well, some of them have lights and different things on them. So when you turn them on, that little bit of a draw warms the lithium up. But sometimes I'll just give the starter a little touch, a little tap. So it just, and it doesn't even turn the motor over, but that, that wakes the battery up. That helps. The other thing it does is in most cases, it will get the, the, the ECU to start sensing uh, the air pressure and the other stuff. Cause if you just hit it straight away and let it go on some bikes, they're, they're working on what we would call old information. And so uh, that could help out a little bit um, with your, with your problem there. But typically the YZs, the four strokes have a hard time restarting and it's, it's always been an issue with, uh, you know, since Yamaha has gone to electric starting and fuel injection, they've never been the best at restarting, actually starting in general, but it's usually not cold, a uh, cold start issue. So I would, uh, I would, uh, so the way, the way I start my Yamahas when, if they're being finicky is if I stall it for some reason, I do the same thing where I tap the starter once, you know, let it, so it doesn't actually start and then push the button with, you know, no throttle and everything. And generally they start right up. So a uh, little, little tip for those on the, uh, yeah, Yamaha. And then, uh, Chris, Chris, Chris real, uh, kind of goes back and says that, uh, check the muffler to make sure the muffler core is not fractured. And so, so someone else uh, said something different too. He said it wouldn't rev up. Also, um, I'm getting confused. Too many conversations going on at at one time. It's a lot of lot of stuff, a lot of buttons to push here. Uh, mysteriously appeared. So uh, again, I was George. I was going to have you uh, read our sponsors off. You were, well, yeah. You were gonna, you were gonna, you're, you're gonna, since your memory's so good these days, you're gonna tell us all of our sponsors. Yeah, uh, DDC sprockets, uh, right? Flex bars, which is uh, what's fast company, Fastco, yeah, fast company, uh, Yamaha, of course, uh, bulletproof designs. Um, yep. Let me think. I don't know. A lot's happened since I've been on the show. Yeah, you moved away. Double take mirrors. Uh, Concept. Tacomoto.co. Right. Um, and of course, uh, Scott Sports, which last week I forgot to do my product of the week. So I'm going to do product of the week uh, this week. Is the Scott the Scott goggles? I'll make sure I do. I'll make sure I remember to do that this time. I hope. Recluse. Right up here on the thing. Recluse is not, they were back in the day. I actually contacted them because I got my hands on a new Recluse 4.0. So the, uh, it's, it's got a new activation method there. One of my sponsors just went down the, my shirt here, went down the thing there. Got it. Got to get the signage and everything up. You couldn't see it, but I fixed it before it went bad. <laughs> um, Okay. Did I mute my the next question just then? Uh, I couldn't tell, but it's it's like there's a delay when you start talking. There's a delay before it gets into the into the computers here. 
So uh, Tom's going to give them things a go and let me know, which is really good. I really, really appreciate it when uh, someone gets back to me and tells me whether something uh, works or doesn't work because this is how I've learned. I've learned from people that are smarter than me uh, fixing things or watching me do something stupid and then tell me a better way to do it so I can... uh, you know, learn. And, you know, I try, I try all the different, all the different ways. Watch some of the videos on, uh, changing tires and mooses online that I've done on over there on a dirt bike test, because I hear a lot of people complaining and I'm like, you're just missing out on some of the real basic stuff. Hey, Jimmy, another sponsor. Jimmy, yes. You, you didn't showcase what episode this is. It's episode 200. I forgot to say that. I thought that's how I, I came off right off the Right off the bat. Oh, I probably should say it even though. Logo. So um, you, you're not, you're, you're only watching it on the Zoom meeting, correct? Right. Okay. You're missing all the stuff I'm doing, pushing all these buttons. <laughs> so anyhow, Again, if you have questions, go ahead and kind of send them in because that's what we're gonna. That's what's gonna keep us going. Uh, George, you went you went riding up in uh, your neck of the woods recently, yeah? <coughs> yeah, oh, a couple of, few buddies show up, and we just did you know two track squid fire road stuff, which is what I like to ride anyway, and explored around. It was pretty neat, pretty good time. And someone got there, and their bike didn't even work. Well, the other three guys were all on 690s, and yeah, we didn't even get out of the driveway, and he had the part that kickstand sensor switch, I guess, fouled up, and he had the part, so we had to switch that out really quick, but as soon as he put Is, it... In- was, was that a little mag... Was it the little magnet that's connected to the kickstand, or was it the receiver part? I didn't even look at it. I just held the bike up. He he had the part, and he, he was fooling around down there at the at the kickstand and he replaced something and all was well. Can't you just cut a couple wires and put them together? Is this all can bus crazy stuff now? Correct. Not on a, not on a KTM. Uh, it's a three wire thing and you can't, you can't do it if you had the right resistor or whatever it is that you have to put in there to make it work. But this is why on my KTM adventure bike keychains, I always carry the little magnet thing. Cause I've actually seen rocks go up and, and knock them off and, uh, you know, kick them, you know, kick it out. And then all of a sudden your bike dies for no reason. You usually hear a, a ting. <laughs> usually there's a, because it usually takes a pretty good rock to hit it. Ting. And all of a sudden the bike's just boom, because the magnet broke off the little sensor. So I carry those on my uh, keychain. And the reason is, is because I actually lost one super, super remote. And I had to walk around and sift through the dirt. And luckily I found it. But I was thinking about if I had not been um, lucky enough to find this, uh, it could have been a long walk. So, countershocks, Jimmy, do you have an event you are going to soon? I don't think so. Maybe I am. I'm not sure. I have to look at a calendar to remember where I'm going. 100% of my brain power is focused on keeping this show running right now i was going to do all kinds of other crazy stuff but it just didn't didn't work out but i'll i'll tell you so you know how you go on to uh you know you go on to the internet so then you find somebody that sounds like they know what they're talking about like maybe us <laughs> well 
<laughs> so last night I was I was clicking around and I saw someone explain and I've I've known this before because I'm I'm trying to get a little more healthy. I saw someone explain uh, fasting, and that's why it's not tech talk taco and tequila Tuesday night for me, Mark. Right there, then and there, I decided I was going to do some fasting. So today it's it's water, and <laughs> we'll uh, we'll figure out how this works. So I'm 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 like you know 22 hours in, and I'm not even not even hungry. But when you have a camel front like I do. Uh, that that's like a, a food storage, you know, I got a lot of fat to burn, so I'm good. So just like you quit out the, cut out the, uh, the, the booze there, George, I got my program in here too. Hey, talk about how the deserts changed with that last big storm that came through there a week or so ago. Oh boy. Uh, I can't even drive down, down 127 to go back to California. So it's, uh, it's still washed out. We we did go for a little ride uh, last week and checked some of it out, and we saw a bunch of Caltrans workers. I think we saw at least fifteen different workers, and the only one that was working was the one driving the big full size truck and the big trailer that had a toilet on it. And I think he was going to the to the person that wanted to use the toilet. That's all. That's all we saw. That was the only activity we saw. Otherwise, it was just two dudes sitting in a truck, and another two dudes sitting in a truck, and a tractor that was parked and running and just parked, hadn't moved for, I don't know, the fifteen minutes that we uh, that we saw it for. So, um, no, Victor, probably not a Mexican. That guy, they'd probably be working their ass off. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, Counter Shock says. Um, Oh, wait a minute. Here we go. Flynn825 says, I'm having trouble mounting my Barkbuster handguards to my T7 with flex bars using BRP adapters and the brake master cylinders in the way. You run the Acherbys with some adapter on a slot. That's a vlog five of my Tenere. And so, uh, uh, yes, Finn, um, I'm using the Fast Company uh their, their adapter mounts, it's just basically, it's essentially a plate that bolts into the pivoting part of the inner part of the handlebar. And I actually had to bend them out a little bit. So it did clear the, uh, clear the brake line, but always when you're, you know, doing hand guards and stuff, there seems to be some custom tweaking that, that needs to go, but that is a fast company mount and it, it, it offsets the, the mounting point. And so it comes off the pivoting part so that it doesn't affect the way that the uh, handlebars work. So if uh, that doesn't fix it, uh, give Cole down there at Fast Company a call. Fast Company, www.fastco.com, maker of the Flex handlebars and the Impact foot pegs, which I've been having more and more luck with lately. Um, I've been using them on my Tenere, and I, I used to think that they didn't affect vibration. And I don't know if they actually affect the vibration, but the amount of shock that comes through, because I've been riding some different boots lately. And I've noticed that boots affect, affect vibration and what you feel. And it's not through the soles. It's actually because of the way I grip on the bike with um, my ankles. Uh, and then and then it transmits through there. So I've been really sensitive to a lot of stuff that I've been feeling on the thing. And the let's see, Brenda... Brenda says the Tusk Flex mounts work well too. Okay, they have it. They might have a special one for that 
additionally? I didn't know. I've I don't only think seen I've, the, uh, I mean, I don't think I've ever, uh, put on hand guards where you didn't have to do something, you know, move something a little from where you had it or tweak something or they all seem to rub on parts. I don't know until you tweak them. Nothing just pops yeah. right on perfect, you know, and if that's what he was expecting when he bought all the, the right stuff, you know, he probably thought it should bolt right on. And there's all those. Yeah. It's, <clears throat> it's anytime. I mean, anytime you're going into something, if it's just, if it's a stock bike, usually something will bolt on, but you're always bolting like one or two, three, three things on. And especially with handlebars, cause I'm running, you know, whether I'm running the, the, the flex bars on top of a BRP mount with Scott stamper. And then the Scott stamper, I have to have the, either the special uh, crossbars for the flex mount, or I run a sub mount and it just goes, it goes on and on and, uh, gets pretty, uh, gets pretty crazy. So yeah. And Rocky mountain no longer sells the Tusk brand adapter. They got into trouble for copying BRP, uh, could be. <laughs> so I wonder if Jerry's going to pop on. I just got a text message from him. And now my phone is um, listening to me. Imagine that. Okay. Uh, so we'll see if uh, we'll see if that happens. I don't know what uh, Matt's doing in the thing. I got Tim Skelly also. He's in there working on his bike. He's got a bunch of BRP um Actually, not BRP, bulletproof designs, uh, stuff that he's getting on there. He's holding it up on the screen. Hey, Matt, can we uh, can we see if we can get uh, Tim on there? Let's see if we can. Let's see if Matt's paying attention now. I think I unmuted myself. You and okay, I can hear you. I'm All gonna right. go and I just look at that. We made the show work. Yeah. This is what I spent. This is what I spent half of the day pushing buttons on this computer for. So welcome Tim from Inside Line Moto, who's who's you're gonna have a two hours of boredom this week because you you've already listened to the show. You won't have to replay it. I can re-listen. Yeah. So uh, one one improvement I would so generally if we don't get the podcast uploaded pretty quick, you're the first guy that that lets me know. Hey, where where is it? What well, what so is the get, holdup sometimes? Well, I'll, I'll I'll get to that. Labor. I'll get to that. Like I have no yeah, idea labor. what it takes to put it on line, but it sometimes <laughs> takes a while. So figure there's no, it, it takes a, it it takes a few minutes to upload, but it's just a series of pushing buttons. That's the that's the thing you've got to do is yeah. push the buttons and know where to push the information out to. It's it's a little bit more technical than that. But I want to I want to say you you recommended that that we uh, make a big improvement of the show and like can little Logan, which no. uh, you know I'll. <laughs> so logan logan was the producer for the last two weeks and i guess it went past him that his job was to upload the show so now you have even one more thing to uh blame logan for i so, i just gave a little constructive criticism i didn't mean to ban the guy oh it's okay no it, it's i i fire these guys left and right and they then they then they come back Hey, so you're working on your bike right now. Uh, yeah. Turn it. You went from a 2008 to what? You can just uh, point the camera at that sucker. To a 24 300 XCW. And that thing, it looks uh, spotless, zero miles. 
Uh, I have not even ridden it down the alley. I've set the sag. I've I started it. I ran it. I've heat cycled it. I made sure the fan worked. I installed a fan, and you know, but I have not actually ridden it even down the alley. <laughs> and and what are you? You're, you're adding protection right now. Uh, I got a, a yeah, all the bulletproof stuff. We strongly believe in their products. I mean, they do a great job of protecting. So definitely want all that stuff. Uh, I went ahead. You know, you got me sold on the flex bars a little while back for my e-bike. Um, yeah, the reason I did the e-bike was just I felt like that bitchin' triple clamp Olean's fork that I got on the whatever. I got the Intense Taser MX. And it's a bitchin' fork, but it's not plush. So I and it was just hurting my hands and my arms and stuff. So I put the flex bars on. And then in Colorado last week, I was thinking, you know, I'm getting ready to set up a brand new bike. I think I'm going to start with flex bars on this one. So they're, uh, they're already on there. Well, everybody says the suspension on it's horrible. So the flex bars, that's the one thing that they definitely do is they make bad forks. Good. Yeah. But Who, I can't, are, I haven't, are I haven't people actually haven't, saying that about the suspension. They always do. That's all you oh. hear. Just horrible comments. I, I doubt it. I mean, I doubt that the suspensions, I would feel that the suspension's pretty good. I know Trevor wrote them and he, yeah. he was pretty impressed for, how how they worked for what do you call a trail bike which which to me would mean if trevor likes it when it's like that it's probably just a little bit on the stiff side yeah so the the bars probably won't hurt at all <clears throat> and then uh and you, you're not a small dude too so that the, the stiff kind of isn't a bad thing in a lot of ways and, and just generally bikes new bikes are getting a little bit stiffer the suspension is uh they're just I think they're just learning that they can make them work and they feel lighter when they're like that. Yeah. Matt already took apart my fork only to respring it for my, uh, my bigger size. And, uh, he went ahead and just kind of looked at what's in there just to see firsthand what components are in there. And he says, it's basically a, a production version. Things have been made a little simpler, uh, but it's a copy of the 6,500 WP kit that they had available for the last couple of years for the Explore fork. So it's, he thinks it's going to be pretty good based on what he saw. And I'm going to ride it stock just with spring rates um, and then spring on the back, set the sag, and just going to see what it's like stock uh, just to see, you know, what they're giving us. But from what he sees and what I've heard, I don't know. I'm excited that the stock suspension seems like it might be in the ballpark. Yeah, I th over the course of the last couple of weeks, I've ridden three different KTM 500s with with it's d literally they were one was a 2000 and what was it 12? Yeah, 12 or 12 or 13. What one of the bikes? So that was back when it's funny because back when they released that thing, everybody said the suspension sucks, and then when they they released the six seventeen where they went they kind of went to some changes in seventeen, and then everybody said well that suspension sucked and the old one was better because it had better stuff on it. And then they went to the newer ones where they went to the single sided, you know, damping and the, the compression and rebound up on the top. And everybody talks about how that one sucks. And then the old ones were better. <laughs> and, it's hard to believe everyone. Uh, uh, I, I tell you what, they, they're all really kind of very similar. And I would, if anything, I would say, that they they've gotten better at being 
more progressive than the old ones. The old ones were a little less progressive, where the new ones tended to t- tended to kind of ramp up a little bit. So they had better bottoming resistance with with more kind of initial movement. But the problem was, is they got into a point where I think it was wallowy, you know, because it was it was moving a little bit. So I mean, which means that the the suspension is kind of active and it's moving a lot, as opposed to being kind of stiff. But I prefer the safety that the that that you get with the bottoming, and then I can kind of adjust some of that, you know, some of that wallow wallowy out with compression and rebound adjustment. And there was definitely enough range. I would I wouldn't have minded more range on the newer fork. It seemed like the range wasn't as wide as the old one. But then most of the guys that complain have never even turned a clicker. So. <laughs> <laughs> they just they just sent it off to some place where they spent a few thousand dollars and tell you what you can spend a few thousand dollars and make it do you know whatever you need it to do and actually I've got a thing called a moto click which is a digital suspension um, tool we have a test of it of it on dirt bike test if you're interested in what it is it it measures what your suspension is doing it so it basically shows you how the how the shock and how the fork are moving and their speeds and stuff and i'm gonna get that thing refurbished here real soon and uh, set up for a pds so i can actually test all of the stuff because i want to calculate out how my butt dyno works for the suspension as opposed to uh just you know feel, i want to see a chart and yeah. then see if the if what i'm feeling is in actuality what we're uh doing so and i'm sure it'll bolt right up to that bike too so if uh if it's still relatively stock and anytime soon we'll maybe give that one a shot and see what it does yeah so counter shocks uh they're commenting on uh with one of our one of our other guys is talking about plush why why old guys use the word plush (laughs) i'm not sure uh, well, you want a uh, suspension plush sounds good. There's even people have named their suspension companies, uh, plush, but, um, yeah, the counter shocks, I think, yeah, I definitely want to try that. I remember we talked to them at one of the shows, I believe, and I would like to get one of those things on there. Cause I remember when I had something very similar on the back of a supermoto bike and it was insane how well that thing worked. But, uh, and do you guys trust Race Tech's online spring rate calculator? Um, I have. Uh, it's been it's been pretty accurate in the past, so I can generally do it a little bit more by feel. I don't need to go to the spring rate calculator, but um, yeah, just kind of working on that. They recommend me going down a rate in the front, but two up in the rear. Says Finn eight twenty five. That sounds really awkward because if you go it's generally generally it's for every one you go up in the every two you go up in the rear you need to go up one in the front that's kind of that was sort of a a rule of a rule of thought and matt we have our next uh contestant in the chat it's uh it says michelle on the screen but i'm gonna doubt that there's a michelle calling right now um and there we go. Jerry Bernardo. Yes, live Jerry. from they they 
they have you held hostage out in Area 51, I'm told. I'm in an undisclosed location, continuing on, continuing on on witness protection, self-inflicted, and I really can't go into detail. But I'm close <laughs> to you. I'm about, let's see, Perump's the land of the dirt, people. I'm one flush away. One, Yeah, that was one of the... The giveaway. Was, Hidden yeah, signals. So, okay, got it. <laughs> got Can I just say one going. thing? Did you notice when you brought me on camera that I was smiling and laughing to myself? Did you? Because um, I was. I, I, yes, I did. I was. Okay, and now you're wondering why, aren't you? Well, it's because we're gonna we're gonna talk about lazy people. I just want to know that why, why when you said two up in the rear, I was just thinking that sounds like some OnlyFans <laughs> shit. <laughs> no, it does. I, I want to be the. I want to be the best motorcycle guy in OnlyFans. I just got to figure out how to make it work. Well, you need I fans actually, first. Fans with uh, credit cards. Right. Hey, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pop up the logo. Logo, which I really appreciate. If you haven't seen it, it's a thir thirty seconds minus 30, you five five seconds okay. flat. Well, we have a short attention span here. So I, I wanted literally was... to look at it, and I don't even have my glasses on. I, I do I do totally appreciate it, Jerry. So let me talk about lazy people because that's what I was being. I was being a lazy. Oh, when I put the logo up, the audio goes away. My audio Interesting. went away. It could have. That's the AMA. They they do that. <laughs> they do that all the time to me. Well, Adam Adam, you did you didn't miss much because I'm sure Jerry will talk it talk it out again. So I was talking about being lazy. Because I literally wasn't going to do the show today. I was like, ah, Matt called in with COVID. And so he's, you know, he's, he's, he's reaching. He's got the, you know, that's a kind of a, it's an end all. He can't come in with COVID. So, okay, that's not, okay, that's not working. We didn't schedule like anybody else to come out. All audio went away when I put the logo up. Oh, that's bad. So everything I said about the logo was a wash. Yeah, you're going to have to say you. it again. I told you Zuckerberg and the AMA, they're listening to me. They are. See, that's why that's why I was good. I only held it up for like five or ten seconds before, but nobody told me this. So now the chat's coming into play here where they're gonna they're gonna figure this stuff out. But so I was being lazy and I'm like, oh, I'll just I won't do it. because I, I was a lot of other work. Like I wanted to make the 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 order form for this t shirt for the Tech Talk Taco Tuesday t shirt. I have to move the other yep. way because yep. I have to make I, I, it's nine nine tenths done, and I just need to push a couple more buttons, and it would be it would be done, but that's not happening. I did everything on my end. You called me and said I got a surprise for you, and I'm like, oh boy, what's this? So, luckily, it showed up, and then it motivated me, and then I had to, and then I, I'm like, okay, 
if Jerry went to this effort, I got to go. I got to get my ass in gear. And I also watched something else on YouTube last night that got me uh, fasting, which is that's just a way of being lazy because I'm thinking about it. It's like if I don't eat, that's less stuff that I have to do. So I put a I got a big old chunk of meat in the in a chili pot that's cooking and I'm not going to eat it. So I'm tempting myself. But so I actually cooked. So I, I said it, I'm not going to be lazy like that. And then even more, uh, then I had to figure out how to get the logo scrolling up on the screen behind me, and we couldn't find the files for that, so I had to call Sick Matt and make him work while he was doing his other job. Hopefully he doesn't get in trouble for that. And then and then I had to learn how to start and run this whole damn uh, monkey business over here. All, all uh, I used to—so I, I so Show 200, it's about going back to your roots— because I literally took a camera, it was just one camera, and I made it go live on the internet somehow. I don't even know how I did it. I don't remember how I did it. At a bar, Ramiro's Bar in Pahrump, Nevada, I sat down there and I, I made this show. And uh, now we're uh, <laughs> now we're 200 episodes in, so something's going right. And I'm and the other thing I did today is I got on the phone. I got on the horn with some of our sponsors because they want to do discount codes. They want it. They want to give us discount codes. So I'm going to get better at that as well. But uh, unfortunately, I've been riding a lot, Jerry. I went riding. When I'm trying, like you're kind of waffling on, which is Aussie for blah blah blah. And it was like you were <laughs> going to lead into some form of a question or explain what do you mean lazy? Because you're one of the least lazy per people I know, persons people I know. So get to the point. All that stuff's great. What's the point? What's the question? I can't get any, make a question. I can't, I can't, I can't make this show any better. Why not? <laughs> What's wrong with it now? Uh, You've had 200 practice runs. I know. Well, you think it by 200, you get better. Well, what makes you think it isn't good? Is there numbers you're looking I, at that aren't satiating you beyond human comprehension to points of idyllic bliss? How's that for a line of shit? Did you look that at sounded... the numbers? Are people watching? Are people listening? What are the numbers? Ask Matt. Matt, what are the numbers? Uh, it's it's. I have to dive too deep into the data to figure that stuff out. It's a it's a it's a it's a few thousand per episode. I know that. When and some of the ones, some of the old ones, when we go back, because the show is kind of like timeless, and I think people would really rather that we talk about uh their, their actual motorcycle problems, but like uh. Chris Schnoet says, how many pounds do you have to lose before you change out the springs on your suspension? That's a, that's a good question. And, and so, so this is, this is where I derive satisfaction is by using some of this knowledge that I've uh, garnered over for, from years of experience to, to say that, that it's amazing how much you don't have to change the springs in your suspension. Cause like let's say there's a bike that's designed for someone that's 165 pounds and we're putting 200 pound riders on it uh, just by adjusting the spring preload and, you know, making adjustments to the dampers. But in reality, it's, it's kind of in 20 pound increments that this seems like the spring rates, but it depends on whether your bike has a linkage or not, uh, you know, where you ride on the bike, if you're tall you know, taller riders tend to be more of a pendulum on the bike. So I don't think there's, there's a, an actual, exactly this many pounds, 
But I'll tell you that if you ever run out of spring preload on either end, like you, you know, you to get your sag, you have to crank the spring down so much that it that it tops the bike out, or you have to run your spring so loose uh, to to not have preload on it that it that it the spring gets loose. Then yeah, for sure you're out of range at that point. But uh, you you definitely. And then some people just know, you know, it's like I'm, I'm at my weight, not, I'm not talking about me specifically because I ride mostly stock stuff, but I actually, I take that, take that back on PDS suspension. I typically go up one to two rates, depending on what size bike it is. The 350, I have to go up two. the 500, I go up one in the rear and sometimes up a spring rate in the fork. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a different thing. So, uh, you got, you, give me, do you have give anything on a number? They want a number 13.45% of your body weight is when you should switch spring. How's that for an answer? That sounds excellent, George. I'm glad, I'm glad you're still there. I thought you might've fallen asleep up there, but we lost you on the, let's see on the, somehow we lost no, I'm, you. On I'm the, good oh, being Matt. off screen and just chipping from the sidelines. Oh, here. okay. Yeah. Matt, Matt adjusted the cameras. That's what happened. So, there, there, there's, there's, there's Matt. I think he was flushing the toilet in between <laughs> doing that, but I, I can go back. I can go back to Jerry. I have a hey, weight uh, related. I have a weight related answer to that question. Okay. What's the difference between a wife and a girlfriend? 45 a pounds. A wife? <laughs> uh, it's just I... a joke. No Karens told, can stab me when I'm walking into Walmart. Yeah, I I remember telling that one to my wife. <laughs> it's a so, joke. Uh, it's a joke. I know. Hey, you just got to do what you got to do. You really so, do. Okay, uh, so you're worried. You're on your 200th show. I'm going to jump in here for a minute and steer. Take mm -hmm. a drink. There you go. You're on your 200th show. You're slightly worried. How can I improve? I don't really see any reason why you need to improve. You just keep having different guests come in. You're very knowledgeable about the sport and all the things related to motorcycles and riding and racing and GPS and rally. And you know what Ricky Brabeck eats for breakfast. So you're on point. You don't need to change. You just need to grow your audience. Hot shoe I'm, I'm in the Motor Hoots. I'm in the Hot Shoe Hall of Fame, Jerry. That's it. Hey. Hey, how, how awesome was that? You know what? You gotta, you gotta talk to your boy about, uh, we were, uh, we were skidding around in those go-karts, uh, last week. And I told him, you know how they have the street vendor guys? Cause I'm thinking about new careers and everything. I'm trying to get out of this every once in a while. You know, those guys that, that, that the, the street guys that hand you the little card and you get the, you get the, the $5 off at the, yeah, the promoters, that's what yeah. it's called. I was telling yep. him he needs to get me a digital card that I can get for anybody that comes into Vegas that like if a fan of the show wants to go skid some go-karts around down there on Fremont Street, I could text them a, or text them or email them a little discount code and then I can be a promoter. So you're trying to put asses in seats at the Gene Woods Racing Experience on Fremont Street. That's that's exactly right. Because then they could go pay, in there and they could see my plaque paying, on the wall. Paying customers with a generous t t t t five dollars off. That's it. You need to it's talk a, to Gene Woods, the man. I did. 
he said he said he had something like that, and he said, "Let me look for it." And that was the last time I heard. <laughs> I will remind. You I didn't want to bug talks. him. He's quite, <laughs> yeah. he's quite busy, young Gene. Yeah, did he sell the CR five hundred? He did not, and he still needs to sell the Fiat CR five hundred. He's in the midst of selling a lot of things, and he's making big moves. But if the five hundred could get sold, it needs a good home. It really if does. Anybody is looking. It's prone to yeah, wheelies and cop chases. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I. I would I, I when he when he sent that to me when you sent that to me, I honestly thought oh, I should buy this thing because I I don't think they're going down in value. But then I'm like I just don't need another bike. So because I had that that horrible thought, I actually went into a shipping container and pulled out one of my bikes and decided that I'm going to sell it too. So I have an XR650 that's actually really cherry. I I actually that, went and that cleaned was the gas tank Rooster, out. Was that the one that was on Roosterendo last week? Yeah, yeah, I, I submitted I under alias. Because I could tell the background was your yard. You weren't fooling me. <laughs> I'm like a detective. Yeah. Does everybody yeah. So, in, in podcast land, video podcast land, know how many motorcycles you own? Do you even know no, how many you own? I do. Oh, no, I did. I did, but I, I, let, I had a chart. I had a spreadsheet that yeah. had all the numbers and VIN numbers and, and stuff like that, and it, it kind of got out of date. But it's it's in it's in the plus or minus three. I can get within plus or minus three That's of cool. the total number. Yeah, it's, I, I I actually, uh, you know, uh, Erica, my renter, she left, and uh, I picked up a nice TTR one twenty five in the deal. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I got another. Er so it's, I remember Erica. Yeah, so it's plus one. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, Jerry, designing all kinds of stuff. I saw a couple new T-shirt designs, or actually hoodies. Well, I just when I do a design, you got to jam it on something, and I know it's a little bit early for hoodies right now, but I just popped it on there. There's all sorts of blanks to put the image on to, and I wanted to see what it looked like because production takes time. You put the order in, and oh, I'll have it in two weeks, and then. Someone dies, someone has COVID, the baby fell asleep driving the train. It doesn't happen. So <laughs> you got to think, you have to think ahead, you know? So yeah, there's a couple of new designs up, up my sleeve. There's always something going on. I'm over here melting down crayons in a spoon. And uh, uh -huh. that's totally not normal. I just thought I'd share them with you so you could look at them. You know, I'm not forcing you to wear any Focu Racing Regime swag. But it's up to you. But that's a nice shirt you have on right now. You this this shirt them. will you should will, sell those. You should it will go on sale. sale very soon. I you know, like George always says. He says I'm adverse to making money, and I don't I don't even want to make money doing this. I just want to. Uh, I I really, I just want to promote the brand, get it out there. Because you know someday we'll be sitting here and it'll be the 500th show, and I'll be sitting there going. Man, we've been doing 500 shows. It still sucks. I can barely even learn how to push the buttons. <laughs> so we'll see. You know, Matt, we'll... Matt owning out on you is an indication of his displeasure with the overall Tech Talk Taco Tuesday punch that's lacking. So Matt's like, whoa, I'm backing out of here. I'm going to stop wearing button-down shirts, shoes that have shine on them, maybe even tuck yeah. the shirt in with a belt. You know, he's getting ready for Oscar's Steakhouse down there with the old mafia dudes. It's a look. Did 
did uh so 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 you you learned all that from me complaining <laughs> i learned what all the stuff about matt <laughs> yeah <laughs> no no I, i've seen matt dressed up before in a catalog yeah <laughs> which catalog was that i plead the fifth okay got it it was uh, an online catalog erica pointed me in the direction of it before she boned out to pots unknown she left us right she right. left well, us all I, in the bag i you know when when he was managing my grinder account i had no idea what it was and then somebody told me so <laughs> well hey talk about two up in the rear <laughs> <laughs> yeah this this show always takes a turn for the worst hey i i i got a, i got i got some questions that i uh that i can pull up from our uh thing uh actually there's a lot of interesting comments that we have on some of our videos i should have checked this earlier today so jerry yeah uh, they want to know if on the cove if there's any wind buffeting on the freeway See, this is a question that Matt can answer. See if see if he's paying attention. See if he's listening. Oh, I've been listening. If, if, if oh, if it feels like somebody's, I, I thought we were going to hear somebody trip over the trip over the, the studio uh -huh. and break stuff. Uh, Matt, any wind buffeting on the cove? Mm, none that I really recall. Yeah, but I think it's like the wind noise. Right. Well, it's kind of it's it's when you're going the wind catches your visor and stuff and kind of gets your head to shake around. Huh? So um, when you were like when on the last stretch, when you were, when you were trying to fall asleep on the motorcycle, coming back in a, in a prompt after our 16 hour day, mm -hmm. did, uh, did you get any wind buffeting? Uh, I don't recall any of that. No. Yep. See, then the answer is no. I actually, I didn't notice it either when I rode it around here. I never really did any super prolonged high speed, uh, stuff except for on the dry lake bed where I try to see how fast it went, which I've already yeah. forgotten. But if you need to know, if you need to know how fast it goes, please check on the video that we did up on a dirt bike test.com. So yeah, good on you, Matt. Thanks for, uh, thanks for paying attention there. Keeping this show afloat. Yeah. Get yeah. back to your juice box. Yeah. I'm just, hey, uh, do, do we, well, I was actually just dressing up. I, I have a, this really nice steak <laughs> I go to, you know, and I was just uh, putting on my extra layer of polish on the shoes. But no makeup, right? Um, none yet. But you know, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> little little product in the hair. That's all he needs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, we, there might be another business on the side that uh, may. Oh, you have a new guest. Does that mean I can go now? We we do have a new guest. Cool. <laughs> hey, well, uh, hey Jerry, I just want to say really thanks uh, from the bottom of Tech Talk Taco Tuesdays cold and lifeless heart we would like to say thanks for the uh, image designs and if you if you are out there in in regular world and you need an image design uh check out uh jb black on uh facebook is that the best place uh yeah it's jb b l a k k on facebook you can contact me there or just get in touch with jimmy he has my details and i'll be more than happy to trade you a design for cold hard cash Unlike the guy that called me about a logo today and we went through all the nuances of it. And I said, does this, he was the middleman. Does he have any idea how much this would cost? He goes, no, but what's the sort of ballpark? I gave him the ballpark. He goes, let me run that by him. I'll be right back. 
one nine hundred crickets for the rest of the day. So <laughs> if you want something designed, I'm more than happy to talk to you. But if you're a tire well, kicker, you can definitely fuck off. <laughs> a rated G show here. Uh, not really. I So let's just say that someone t- actually was took the you know the the logo that you sent me the ai logo the 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 tech talk taco tuesday one that i can't put up right now because it kills the audio and and i and i'm so dangerous with uh that photoshop thing i went in there and i tried to click the orange color and turn it to blue to turn it into a yamaha does that make you roll over in your grave well you know it's that funny that you yet? say that no disrespect whatsoever to yamaha because when i was adding the i called you to ask you yes. who was the number Correct. one sponsor of the show i want i had a spot i i love bob star and the yamaha crew myself and i knew it was a ktm and the whole thing my brain yep. was like it's a ktm yamaha logo but that's the tech talk taco tuesday the um yeah we're that's brand, the logo we're brand- it's, it's in there that's we're- so it's no disrespect yeah. to KTM or to Yamaha. It's hey. just you couldn't change hey. that to blue, and people aren't that dumb. Yeah, they all they all they all make great products, and this is they the do. this is the they cool they thing really about do. living around here. We all so have I, I to literally live I did, together. Jerry, I did go in there and try to click it around and turn the bike blue. <laughs> did you try it in Photoshop or in Illustrator? In Photoshop. Yeah, there's some there's some of those there's some of those fancy tools that Trevor taught me yes, how to, it's called how to select, use. Get the eyedropper, select color, select same color. But but that color that color is a is not the same color. It actually fades and does all this other stuff. But um, it, no, it started the, looking funky. Orange on the KTM's all orange. It's the taco that has a gradient. Yeah, the the yeah, it's it's got it's a pretty complex design. You you and uh, and your buddy did a great Tim, job. Tim Beaumont from. The UK. Yeah. It's Tim did an awesome design. job on that. So All right. anyways, if you need a logo, uh, yeah, uh, send smoke signals out over Area 51 to Jerry. He'll pick up and uh, get you sorted. Jerry, thanks a bunch. Great to have you on the show, and we'll, uh, we'll no keep worries. in touch. And tell Matt that I love him. I know I make fun of him all the time, but that's what you do when you like someone. You tease them. <laughs> it's the Boston way. Oh, I was laughing. That's right. I appreciate it. I know you. I know you have soft hands, but not soft skin. <laughs> right on. Uh, okay, so it's getting to be that time where we go ahead and uh, take a little bit of a break, which is interesting because I'm gonna have. I think I know how to make this work, which is uh, should work. We'll come back. We're gonna do the product of the week. I will talk about our sponsors again uh, right after the break because this show would not be possible without them, and of course. Uh, they allow us to do what we do here. They don't tell us. They, they very few of them give us any sort of reads that we have to do. Uh, they know we'll talk about everything. And the reason they're sponsors of the show is because I do truly believe and trust in their products. And even if their product is the best one in my world, it may not be the best one for you. And if you asked a question about it, I would explain that to the best of my ability. So I'm not your usual internet influencer. And with that, listen to some the defending champion, the all-new Yamaha YZ450F.
What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year, helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had uh, buying parts from anybody before and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, all of our Taco Moto Co. branded components come with a no questions asked lifetime warranty and we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM and aftermarket parts where we can sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested and ridden and raced and knows meets uh, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure. There we go. We're back. How long? How long before we uh, get back on? Like right now. <laughs> so, Trevor, welcome to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Trevor Hunter of Dirt Bike Test fame, winner of the Vegas Torino. Yes. <laughs> so, big winner. Uh, big winner. Yep. So, how if 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 the the team that finished in front of you had the the guy get on the bike that was the name on the team yep how much would they have beat you by uh depends on who you ask if you ask that rider <laughs> they would have smoked us if you ask anyone else that knew anything about dirt bikes you probably would have passed them and beat them so just depends on who you <laughs> ask i guess oh oh if he yeah if he got on the bike yeah if no no it, no no but he, just the way it st stood if oh. they would if so who who was on the who was who who could have been the rider record on that bike? Uh, Clayton Roberts or Shane Logan. Okay, so yeah. if if one of them had been the because so I thought I thought it was only one person who rode the uh, who rode the qualifying. Uh, Clay, that was Clayton. That was Clayton. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and he was he was definitely pretty fast. Yeah, no, he's a he's a really good rider. Even Shane, super really good rider. Both one one in Baja before when Heron Hounds and stuff. So yeah, they're all really good riders. Yeah, but and and if 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 they had signed up like that and the way it finished, you guys were what a minute a minute back. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. On time, I thought I thought I saw something like a minute and four seconds. Yeah, it's a minute four on adjusted time. Yeah. So I mean, nothing to. Uh, I mean, I I know what it's like to get second place at that race. I think you do too. Uh, <laughs> so I do. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, anyways, well, congratulations. I mean, yeah. If I, <laughs> I, 
I honestly, and this is this is just me talking because I saw you know somebody forwarded me and made me look at the Facebook thing <laughs> about all the about all this the stuff that was going on, and I'm just like, I'm like I'm like fifty some odd years old, yep, and I don't think I would like put myself on a team and not ride, like even at it in my advanced age, yeah, like I, I Jim O'Neill tried to pay me money. Not very much, knowing Jim O'Neill, but he tried yep. to pay me money to get to ride on his thirty and forty team down in Baja, and he's like, "Yeah, but you you get to win," and I'm like, "Oh, you get to win too, yeah." <laughs> and you're not, but but at least there, it's legal to get on the bike, ride it off the start line, go to the first turn, like a hundred feet away, yep. and hand the bike off, and then you're now all good. Which is, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, hey, uh, and and I I mean, good on good on uh. You know, uh, Dean Potts is the one who did the the Bonanza plumbing teams down yep. in uh, in Baja and stuff all the time. He put his company on the side of the bike. He didn't sign up as rider or record or anything. He put the best riders and paid the best riders to go there and do the things, and you know never tried to get any credit like for himself. No. He was just in the background making stuff happen. Right? I mean. That's the way I'd want to do it if that was me, but yeah, everyone's different. So yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's just it's how the ball bounced that day. So yeah, we don't we don't we don't really talk about racing here unless it's me. But so. I'll say this, Jimmy. Uh, with that win, we got Fast Company, Bulletproof Designs. Um, who else? DDC Sprockets. We got all those companies. Uh, Vegas Reno win. So that's a positive. And they're all supportive awesome. of our show. That's this is true, and uh, I was actually I didn't know you were running the DDC sprockets on there, so that's yeah, uh, that's one less thing you have to worry about. Uh, our first, they're actually our first uh, sponsor of the show here. I go to the go to the wide shot really quick, and uh oh, I know what I got to do. I gotta I gotta click this other button. There is actually a lot going on when you're trying to do this. So DDC sprockets right here, uh, proud sponsor of the show, along with Bulletproof Designs. Scott Sports, I gotta open this box. I'm gonna do another box opening. I don't know, nobody saw it because nobody watches this show. But uh, last week I did a box opening and it was a water filter for a house. Because hmm. you know it, that's what people do on shows. They do boxes, but this is Scott's ISDE six days uh, signature edition goggle. So it's the uh, the prospect six days. 2023 Argentina, which uh, actually Ricky's down there racing in Argentina right now. I don't know if he's, uh, I don't know if he's having a good time or not. <laughs> Somebody told me about some of his posts and uh, <laughs> so sounded like he's a little pissed off again, which means he'll ride really fast, but yep. there's a reason he gets kind of, he gets kind of pissed. Uh, it's a, basically the, the, the Scott six days goggle is uh, just a, a full boost uh, prospect with uh, an awesome band and colorway. I'm trying to balance it here. There we go. And uh, if you know anything about the Scott goggles, they probably have the best rubber materials, in my opinion, uh, the best foam combinations. It's just a just a good standard issue goggle. And if you haven't tried the amplified lens uh, or a light sensitive lens, uh, definitely uh, give those things a try. So back to uh, back to Trevor. 
what have we been uh what have we been testing lately um we have been gearing up for our part two of our 450 shootout and so we had actually had quite a few of our riders out with all the bikes this last weekend kind of doing a little shakedown and got a lot of interesting feedback and opinions and uh yeah it's uh going pretty good on the modified bikes yes yeah you got it you got to move over to the side a little bit there yeah wrong side there we go <laughs> there we go i was trying to fix you on the computer but it didn't didn't work so would you say that things went a little bit haywire in your opinion you know trying to modify bikes for multiple people that's it sounded like a good idea in my head and then now that we're here was it four four or five months later and it's still kind of trying to work it out is uh yeah, it's a lot more work than I expected, but it's a lot of learning a lot and it's really interesting kind of seeing what everyone likes and doesn't like. And I thought one bike was a clear favorite and someone else thinks another bike is a clear favorite. And it's just, yeah, it's all over the board, which is still interesting. But at least stock, it seemed like there were some, I don't know, there were some consistencies with stock. I was kind of blown away by how much it changed just in, in my opinion over the course of two days at the same place. Yeah. Uh, just but just making really small changes but now you're making kind of big changes based on we'll call them complaints yep although they're you know yeah there's there's i would say um people complain about certain things but you it, it's if you're modifying it for just one guy i think that you could make any one of those bikes into whatever but if you're trying to modify it and then have multiple people ride them I think you're going to get more like it's going to get more polar on, yeah. on both sides. Yeah. Cause luckily like most of the changes have been kind of in my hands, I guess you could say. So been a little bit of revolve around me, but still kind of taking into consideration what some of the other people were, were saying and thinking. Um, so we've kind of kept it almost under one person, but still kind of, more broader as well in that in that sense right did uh so what what kind of what let's just kind of go into the specifics what kind of changes i know you went to what michelin tires on all of them yeah so we haven't put those on yet we're waiting to do the full test and everything but uh all the bikes we fitted with michelin tires which i think their front tire is probably my favorite front tire at the moment um i really like their front tire especially under braking and everything so i think that'll be a good kind of base platform that all the bikes will uh will feel good on and then from there i've done the usual like suspension some mapping stuff um some comfort items like handlebars and whatnot all the flex old bars from, right uh the honda will have flex bars because i think that bike could really benefit from it <laughs> all the old guys here here we go yeah well you might as well just put a damn recluse clutch into it too we did that too for the honda <laughs> oh really yeah the like honda, the, the auto clutch yeah the honda and the ktm both have auto clutches Huh. So I would have put I, I I probably would have put if I chose one, I would have put it in the Kawasaki, I think. Really? Yeah. See, there's there's where it's just it just yeah. it's just that for me that motor, um the 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 way you can smooth that motor out even more is was was with that and, and it's the one that'll pull like the like the third and fourth gear out of turns better than anything else, and then you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> just yeah. whack the throttle and let it go. Uh well, so what I'm going to do, when, when are you doing this? I don't know when my WR is going to be done. 
Um, so we're doing like the lighter riders um, next next Thursday, and then the heavier, older riders will be soon after that. Okay, we going to SRA again? Uh, there's an SRA next next month. We can make it happen. Yeah, maybe maybe that'll work. I I got I got. I got a kind of a crazy schedule, but I do have some openings. I might might want to because I I've my WR four fifty. I've got a I've got some stuff coming for it. Uh-oh. I got a I got the seat. I got the gas tank. I'm gonna put uh, steering stabilizer, Scott steering damper on it, mm-hmm. and uh, and flex bars. Mm-hmm. And that bike will be that bike will be good. Because basically, I'm trying to get a little more comfort in the seat, a little taller in the seat, yep. more fuel range, and these are the things that kind of like complain about. Uh, steering stabilizer. I've never met a bike that didn't like one, and then of course going to the flex bars means that I can actually start running the suspension just a little bit stiffer, yep. and then everything everything will uh, work out. So, uh, what Michelin tires you guys are you running? Starcross Six, right? Yeah, Starcross Six. I believe they sent the medium soft front and then medium hard rear. And are we running uh, Moose? Uh, I think we'll do tubes just to be consistent. Um, couldn't get Mooses from from them, so we'll just yep. do the tubes to make it consistent across the board. Right. Unless unless and someone then, wants to sponsor us some some free Mooses. A bunch of Mooses. Yeah, yeah, because you'll break them in and then go take them and race with them. Maybe. Yeah, they haven't been doing enough rally testing out here, so I, I'm I'm running, I'm starting to run short on mooses too. <laughs> um, Trevor says Flynn, Finn eight twenty five. Will you be trying the twenty four four fifty FX? I really hope so because I think that could be a really <laughs> interesting bike. Especially, I just learned something new about it. Um, Yamaha actually lowered the suspension 10 millimeters front and rear, kind of like KTM and or not KTM but Husky. I guess KTM too. They've all been doing. Uh, mm-hmm. For the FX, Yamaha did that as well for this new year. Huh? Which I thought was I, interesting. I, yeah, when I rode that bike uh, at Washougal, I was thinking to myself, man, this could be really, really good in a in an FX style style bike because I've been riding the the WRs quite a bit. A 250 and 450, and then I hopped on that, and just kind of some of the stuff I felt. And it's one of those things where I don't know because it it could either get a lot better or it could actually get worse. It's one of those it you just don't know. But and now that you you know like them lowering it down a little bit, I can actually see maybe some some reasons for that, and mm-hmm. I kind of know why they why they do that. That makes me think that they're that that they're onto something. That they're not just you know it's not like some of the other ones where they just kind of put a different ignition curve in it and say, go, yep. uh, I know, you know, with, uh, Yamaha definitely uh, takes the time to do a lot of testing with those things. So, uh, pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, so what else is coming up? What's, what's new in the Trevor world? Um, I don't know. It's doing a lot of, uh, trying to ride a lot, test some stuff. Um, you mean ride mountain that, bikes, ride mountain bikes, Got the Honda 450X working pretty good, actually. So hopefully soon we can get a comparison with that and the WR. I think that'd be kind of interesting. Uh, which got and then and the, and the, and the next time, well, no, you're you're not gonna do, you you don't want to do a full race 450. Is that is the yeah. one you raced in Vegas, Torino? Was that our test bike? Yeah. Oh, it, pff, 
That's turned into a full race bike. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> a WR with an ignition, right? Or ECU. Uh, it wouldn't take much to make a WR a full race motor for sure, but yeah. Um, we'll have to, we'll have to, figure, you know, I have to get, I'd have to get a loud exhaust and all that stuff. But I'll tell you what, if I were doing that, I wouldn't bring it to the shootout and just throw a filter skin right on top of it and think it was going to be the best thing ever. Yeah, but have you seen? I would that? actually. What if we I would have, test it? But if we don't have, <laughs> we've tested our mechanics and those definitely don't work. So <laughs> that's our problem. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you got like. I tell you what, if you can find me a filmer, I know a guy that's a good mechanic. I need to, I'll trade you some filmer for, for some mechanic stuff. I, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't go throwing, I don't go throwing, uh, throwing brake pins in the dirt and stuff like that. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a trick for another person. Yeah. So touchy subject. Uh, right. Oh, it's, you got a little, you got a little anxious, did he? <laughs> no, no, he just he did what he normally does. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and 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 when you when you asked me if it was a good idea to throw the filter skin on, and I said yes, I figured you had actually used them and tested them before. <laughs> well, we we so. tested, we practiced pulling them off, and never had a problem. But that was different. No, you, no, you got to go. You got to go. You got to go ride the bike to make sure it doesn't change the the jetting on your highly tuned race machine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we Always t- d- never never race with something new that haven't tested on that bike you should like the bike you raced on 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 your qualifier should have been pretty much nothing nothing should have changed i and i know you change you, you go to that dual sport tire in the back which is a uh, kind of surprising <laughs> how many how many of those did you go through two uh we went through two we honestly probably could have gone almost ran one the whole time they actually look really good when we changed both of them or when we changed the one and at the end of the race the other one yeah yeah well, right on so uh so that's uh that's it i don't have anything any other news or updates over here you know anybody wants to buy a cr500 street uh-huh. legal in some place at uh, 7500 bucks oh I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I know uh, we, uh, we have a KX500 project coming out soon, or in the works. But I don't oh, know really? Who's who's building that, Brett? Uh, Robert Bear. Robert Bear. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was always a Kawasaki guy. Uh, Steven Stranton wants to know what dual sport tire did you run? The K270. Kenda. Kenda K270. K270. Yeah, I I am a Kenda guy. I run the uh, Parkers uh, DTs front and rear almost all the time, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you straight away that I would never do that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, let's see. I got a question from YouTube for you here, Trevor. It says uh, I think it's a question at Peace sixteen nineteen says thank you for the twenty. 20- 23 KTM 350 XCF comments. I feel the same way. And he's talking about uh, racing a CRF 450X at the Glen Helen. He says, the 2023 would be the best for soft soil. Frame is too stiff for my riding area. I had suspension valve for rocks and roots and added 6,500 spring kit. It's down to the frame being too stiff. 
I will try the torque settings on the swing arm and the pivot. So he's he's curious about his 2023 <laughs> Honda. I did you did compare it to the KTM 350, correct? What was that? Did you compare the 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 oh. CRF 450X to the KTM 350? No, I think Brent kind of compared the 450RX to the KTM 450. Oh, okay. RX. Okay, that, that RX. is because it was it was talking about the 10 hours of Glen Helen. So yeah, yeah. lots of R's and X's and CRF's and 350's and 450's. It's almost too much to keep track of. Um, let's see if there's any other questions that kind of relate to uh, to you here. YZ450 FX. Uh, basically saying if Yamaha would make a 350, they would sell a ton of them. Because he bought a KTM instead. I, I'm frankly really surprised that there's no 350 yet, but I don't know why. Um, yeah, that's it. We're finished with questions, so you can uh, you can go go to go to bed now. All right. Too late for too too late. Starting to fade. <laughs> so, okay, Trevor. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on Tech Talk, and uh, I wonder if Chris Reel's gonna hop on here pretty soon. Hey Tim, did you get any of those parts bolted on yet? How we doing there? You're gonna get get over to Tim real quick. See if Matt jumps. There he goes. Yeah, uh, doing mooses right now, and boy, it's a sweaty mess right now. Oh, mooses! Job. Did you watch the videos on how I change mooses on my hands and knees without the rabaconda? Uh, no, I haven't. Yeah, with the with the rabaconda in the background, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and people are like, why would you, why would you do it? Uh, yeah, Chris, I emailed you the link earlier. I'm pretty sure to the one at the DPS technical. So hopefully that'll come through. Uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, get the bead down in the dish. That's all you have to do. <laughs> I, get, I know I could, I'm going to take extra, I'm running moose balls. Uh, okay. I've had really good luck with them. I ran them in Colorado last week and, uh, I, so I got seven days on them in a row and, I was very pleased with uh, with how they worked, how they felt. Um, so now it's just going to be a matter of uh, you know getting more time on them to kind of see what the life expectancy is. I know what they say, but now it's it's time for us to test it. You know, because I don't know. They always say good things, but I want to know for myself uh, what the actual um, you know life expectancy is. Because you know we've we've all seen the problems with the nitro mooses. You know, not necessarily lasting as long as we hope they would. Yeah, I so so it's kind of for me. Anytime we're talking about mooses, it's it's eighty five percent installation. Who you know how they installed it, whether they got the lube in there right, whether it was the right size, all the all the things. Because if you do it all, if you do it the way you're supposed to, because I'm getting like fifteen hundred miles in Baja out of a nitro moose, and people are going, "That's insane!" and and this is it in a on a Kenda Equilibrium even, which is that big big huge you know tire which is which has no sidewall whatsoever no sidewall strength so it's actually as hard as it could be on the mooses i'm still getting that kind of mileage on it uh and i and i the only experience i have with moose balls of course i didn't install it it came on a bike that we were given handed and they melted after one day of doing dual sport stuff so Hmm. I don't yeah. I do, I don't know and and from testing that I've done with other brands of uh, that that have we'll call it sectional mooses and stuff 
they don't like uh, the they don't last in the higher speed stuff. They they tend to so I guess in Colorado you didn't I'm guessing you did very little road miles. The thing we it was we did do a lot of high speed stuff you know dirt roads but it you know that's not the same as asphalt. Asphalt the temperature of the asphalt is always a, a factor you know and then the speed is another factor. But when you when you're on dirt even you know there was one day that we did like 50 miles of high speed dirt roads. You could have followed me in the pickup truck and kept up, you know, it was no big deal. It was just faster roads. Um, and I was surprised, you know, my tires didn't feel hot when we were done. Um, they seem fine. So I'm, I'm looking forward. Actually, I'll be dismounting my rear tomorrow off of that's on my dual sport and, uh, yeah. kind of inspecting the moose balls and putting them in a new tire and, uh, just kind of checking them out. But ultimately the thing I like about them is it felt really similar to my tubeless. I've been running tubeless for 15 years now and I love, them. but, yeah. failures are always a concern you know especially when you're doing a multi-day ride uh, or for those that race that it's just you know you can't you can't have a chance of a failure so moose is, is required so you know i'm just stoked that the the moose balls feel bitching you know they feel just like my tubeless and i i uh, didn't feel that heavy you know i don't know just that the, d- that, the dead like the, the dead, dead feeling, feeling. The- yeah and, and right. when you feel a moose ball versus the nitro moose, there's a huge weight difference. A rear set of moose balls is almost two pounds lighter than an equivalent nitro moose. So right wow. there, I think, is where that dead feeling comes from. And then you feel it. This, the squishiness yeah. and the bounciness of the moose ball is much different. Yeah, I, I think I think that the... I've had somebody try to explain to me why, the, why you have the dead feeling and uh how it how it kind of comes into play but it's different you know, like the michelin's different than nitro moose is different than like a dunlop moose which i've run before they're all they all have a little bit different kind of a feeling and but when i've taken like i said and i and i couldn't tell on the bike that we had with the moose balls because the tire was a different tire that has a ridiculously stiff sidewall and so it wasn't allowing the bike to feel kind of the way that it that or the you know the moose to feel the way that you would have noticed any sort of a difference. Like I said, it just, it just heated up and failed. Um, but again, we didn't put it in there. So I don't know how, you know, how much lube was in there and if it was lube properly and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, can you show a moose ball? Is there, is there one that you could put in your hand and yeah, hold it up? Right. This, uh, yeah, here somebody, we go. somebody in the here's, chat wants to see it. Here's a moose yeah, just ball. Like the, this is a little... rear. They're kind of wedge shaped, you know, um, so that, but just the feel difference. This is just a segment of a an, a nitro moose just for display. This is just a segment of a complete, and uh, you know, but just the feel difference of the squishiness. I mean, there's just such a difference, and then the weight. I mean, it's just amazing how light these things feel, um, and that's. I mean, I'm not a physicist, or you know, I just have a lot of experience, and it. I think the dead feeling comes from the weight. I don't think there's there's any. I mean, ninety percent the weight, but then obviously the the bounciness I think is a big factor too. But put those together is is why the uh, the feel was awesome. I, I really was impressed. Yeah. So so um, people were asking like because uh, I've I've been running the nitro mooses for a long time. I've actually run all of them because I get you know when when the rally teams um, come by here, there's usually some Michelins laying around. Uh, they, you know, tend to run those a little bit, but, uh, I've run all of the, all of the different ones. I 
like I said, most of the time I'm running, actually, I, I couldn't, Victor wants to know, he rode one of my bikes. He's like, which one was on that? I'm like, I don't remember. Can't tell you. But, uh, and then are you running the moose balls front and rear? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. So that's, uh, and then have you ever considered running the balls with the tubeless? I've seen, I forget who did a video on it. Um, you know, but no, I, I, because of the complexity, I'm a mechanic and I, I ran tubeless for years and I loved it. I literally 15 years, I've got probably close to 30,000 miles, uh, you know, dual sport, off-road, desert, you know, you name it. Yeah. I've had two or three failures. I did have a high pressure bladder fail once, uh, and a couple of other times. So I had three failures total. A couple of other times I cut the tire where it was very difficult to plug. And then the plug didn't hold because it was such a significant cut in the tire. So those are the only reasons that I'm, you know, I, I I'm willing to try mooses you know, because I, you know, like I was just in Colorado on a seven day ride. It's like, it was nice to not have to worry about, you know, tire failures. Cause at that point, if I did get a slice in my tire, you know, I'm riding in the Rockies. So getting a tire slice is a total possibility. I'd be trying to go to town and find a tire, you know, and that just, so it's, it's just for the peace of mind going with the, you know, the mooses and now having mooses that I like the feel of, I'm, I'm stoked about. Yeah, it, it's and it, you think about it, how much money you're spending to go do a trip like that, right? And uh, you know, you kind of, you kind of, I'm trying to uh, send an email here to get Chris on the show. Um, you you think about, you know, it's okay, so it's an extra, you know, couple hundred bucks a wheel to get the things totally sanded out, but then you know that you're not going to have a failure, just one less thing you're gonna that you're gonna worry about. And people are right. so scared of like, oh, I can't ride over 50 miles an hour on the on the pavement and I can't do this, yeah, I can't yeah. do that. And it's like, I, I, I got lucky because I was doing a lot of testing of these things and we were trying to make them fail. And I, and it's, I, I kid you not, if they're installed properly, which they always are when we're doing proper testing because that can't be the reason that the things fail, they, they don't fail. It's, right. it's always, it always came down to kind of installation and stuff. And I, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how we will have you come back on and tell us how those moose balls actually end up working out. Cause I've, like I said, heard good things about them. And, uh, but I, uh, cause I, and I watched the, the guys in the quads all use the thing called the wedges. Have you ever yeah, seen heard, those? Yeah. I don't know quads, but I have heard something about the racers that use those. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, I tell you what, um, the, uh, here we go. Copy link. Hold on. Send. I know I said I know I sent it. <laughs> on the HTVs though, they've got the benefit of having bead locks. And I think they run double bead locks inside and outside rims, kind of like a trophy truck. So as long as they got foam in there, they got a little bit different program working, you know, because of the way oh, that but the, the tire but the but the tools they have to have to spread the tires open to pump those things to get oh. those things stuffed inside of them and everything. Probably. It's like yeah. and and they and they use and they literally they use very little lube, which is really kind of strange. I don't know if it's because the tire's smaller or um, whatever you know, however it worked. Uh, what yeah. size moose balls do you use? Two thousand or two thousand and one? That's the part <laughs> number he's referencing. And how many? tubes of lube do you put in each wheel like uh uh finn flynn finn for me uh i use one tube of uh nitromoose lube in the front and usually one and a half in the rear and i put it only i don't lube the moose up 
Right. I only lube the inside of the tire and then Correct. I put it in and then, and then sometimes, uh, I'll put a, I'll put a, a, a wrap of it around the bead, uh, not the bead, the dish of the rim. I'll put some, I'll kind of make sure that that's wet. So when it does get pushed in there, it's, it's in there, but that stuff moves around pretty good right. on its, it's own. And definitely it when you're riding, it gets, it gets forced out. I mean, you start seeing, you know, it starts seeping out between the bead. Uh, when you're riding, especially on the front tires, and then it it makes gooey mess on your uh, fork legs and under your well, fender. I, I always tell guys the reason I put it all in the tire, like you just said, is because if you lube the moose when you install it in the tire, it squeegees off some of it, and then when you install it on the rim, it squeegees off more. So in the end, how much did you lose? A third of a tube, or you know what I mean? So it's like if you get it all in the tire, it all is there for sure, and it will move its way around. And now you know you got a full lube of tube, a tube of lube yeah. in there. Yeah, and if you're and if you're worried about it, in all honesty, you're worried about it. If you get it get in there, you got it all on the outside. You're worried about being inside. All you have to do is mark your wheel, okay? And so, and this is something that we've actually tested. <laughs> I know this. So you mark your wheel and you park it with the mark down, and then the next time you ride it, you know we're not talking about riding it for long. Just take it for a little bit up and down the street. Park it with that mark up at the top. And then you do it all four corners, and I guarantee you, when you pull that thing off, there's going to be lube everywhere. Because it's right. it's like it 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 believe it or not, if, if especially when that thing's getting compressed and stuff, it's actually pumping the lube around inside the right. tire. It gets it gets you know when you're hitting bumps and stuff like that. But just heating it up and the kind of even the wheel being out of balance can kind of spread that stuff out. So. Yeah, uh, and Victor Victor made a comment here. He says, "Is there any danger of the moose balls turning blue from too much rubbing?" <laughs> That's Victor for you. <laughs> He's got hey, to, Jimmy, got to get I the punchline in. I was going to comment though uh, earlier, just because it is the two two hundredth show. Uh, favorite um, guest host was um, Old Man Nate best oh crazy crazy nate i still put him at the top of the list for a best co-host that guy was hilarious yeah and if you think you think he's funny uh i i tried to keep him in line on the better rider podcast too that we do and he he came on and told (laughs) told some stories as well might be worth a little bit of a listen there if you can dig that one up but uh we try to keep that one a little more professional <laughs> than this one. So if you're looking for some riding lessons, uh, you want to become a better rider, uh, go ahead and check out www.jimmylewisoffroad.com. There are no classes currently scheduled up there because we haven't scheduled them yet, but we will start in uh, probably in October. Hopefully they'll open up the damn road to Baker because uh, they said it's flooded out. They're not going to open the damn road up till October. So um, it's, uh, it's really not that bad. It's like, uh, Caltrans is out there sleeping on the on the roads. I wish they'd get it done quicker so I can get back to California easier if I need to go, you know, look at the beach. That's really the only reason to go back, I think. Or maybe swing by inside Line Moto. Yeah, there you go. We're still here working. <laughs> hang out hang out with my buddies, learn a thing or two about motorcycles. Yeah. So anyhow, uh well thanks uh thanks Tim for uh coming on. I think I sent the link over to uh to Chris, so maybe he's going to be popping in here. George, do you have anything anything to say? No, so, I'm just listening, your, listening and learning. Hey, Tim, while while you've got your uh, your camera there, um, I was going to say take your take your camera and run it by some of the parts you're putting on there. Let's get uh, take it take a look at that stuff. Bulletproof designs. 
Yeah, I'm getting ready, Jimmy. I'm, I've got uh, your favorite bulletproof design going on after I get this front, oh, front installed. Disc, front disc rotor. You're kidding me. No, uh -oh. and if you look at the one on my old bike, you'll see it's probably not a terrible idea. I I think you're overestimating the work that thing's doing. <laughs> All right, I got the rear bulletproof foot pegs, radiator guards. Those are Flex stout. Yeah, the radiator guards are. I did do the fan. That's the KTM fan kit. I like it because it's yep. just a plug and play. I think the the Trail Tech one is too. It's um, also plug and play. Right. Got my fast or my flex bars, my radio push to talk, GPS hardwired in. Um, hey, do you know that? Do you know that Bulletproof Design makes billet throttle housings? For that bike. I saw something about that. I, I haven't ordered. Oh, that's something else I got coming. A lot of people don't like the feel of these new switches, and I'm kind of one of them, even though I haven't ridden the bike yet. Um, the yeah. Moto Minded uh, has a bitchin' switch, and I'll have that tomorrow, um, the Moto Minded switch. But, yeah, I, I did see that they got a throttle housing, which, uh, you know. Yeah, they they they. They just got they just got all the colors in. I noticed you went with silver with all your stuff. So, but they they were waiting on the orange ones because you know everybody's got to have that orange throttle. <laughs> no, notice so. anything else about the colors of my bike? Um, I can't. The color it's a little bit far away from my eyes right now. But uh, well, is it changed? Yeah, I bought the uh, the men's version of this motorcycle. I oh. no purple. Yeah. The, the first thing the I did when I took it out of the crate was I uh, made some modifications and got that purple off of there. I, I don't know why. I just can't stand purple. I tried to turn a KTM purple today when uh, Jerry sent me that new logo that we had. Uh, I played around with Photoshop, and uh, it, it the orange and the blue made purple on the on the Photoshops, but I'm not very good at it. What is that? What's that? The, the, the TPI cover. TPS cover, but TBI then it's got cover. this extra thing that comes down here because you've got injectors and electrical stuff that's underneath there that nice to have that protected i i think especially you know when you're riding in places with punji sticks and things and it's i've seen i've seen guys drop their bike on the inopportune rock and whatnot so that's not a bad idea are you are you one that doesn't like the the somebody somebody that i was talking to does not like the plastic covers that go over the engine cases no, I do. I'm no. a big believer. They don't have them available okay. for this bike yet, but no, I do like them. That's me, Jimmy. Right. Oh, it's Trevor. Yeah, Trevor stepped up. <laughs> yeah, hey. he hates them. I, I have really good luck with them. Hey, another hot tip, Jimmy. On these new bikes, I got the front wheel off, so I'm like literally between the fork here. This yep. radiator hose seems very exposed. So I dug through my old parts box, found an old hose, split it you know yep. the back side and zip tied it over just because it seems so vulnerable right there that i felt like that was just a a cheap and easy way to you know protect that from sticks and i don't know whatever else could could get at it yeah we used to do that on a lot of uh a lot of race bikes and stuff that was a, a thing to kind of protect you know from whether just rocks going up there and you know poking at stuff or but stick coming through there but yeah well, thanks a lot, Tim. I appreciate the appreciate the time, and uh, we'll hopefully see you out in the trail soon. Awesome, cool, man. Keep it up. Yeah, and uh, I think I sent it. I think I made it. Managed to send over the uh, the thing. So, 
let's see the moto mind switch brenda says gives more room for the handguards when using the flex bars okay i like the better rider podcast but you haven't done any new shows lately uh this is correct i've been i went riding <laughs> this is my only excuse um okay again let's a big th- shout out to the uh, sponsors of the show today i wore i actually i had to actually had to do a photo today uh, a, a head-to-toe photo in gear for some reason that i had to do so i put on uh some of my climb adventure riding gear and i thought it was going to melt because it was 105 degrees but it's actually so nice that I didn't melt. That's that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> so I didn't get to I didn't get to go riding. Chris Real, welcome back to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Well, it's good to be here, Jimmy. It was a, a little struggle getting you in there. Yeah, I don't think your email's doing too good, but uh, um, I sent it over there a couple times. But glad that glad that it worked on the uh, through the phone somehow. So I, I was I was kind of curious. You're 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 a, a casual observer observer of the show are, are we doing okay yeah you're, you're you're doing really good jimmy yeah okay that's that's it you don't you don't want to there there's no you're doing okay but you don't want to well <laughs> i'll let you think about i'll let you think about that for a couple minutes <laughs> but uh Finn wants to know what does Chris think of the magnetic oil filter? That was too much thinking going on. <laughs> I the 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 better oil filter you can use is is ideal. So so you know you know the with with the magnetic filters i i like them but i also like a you know a fine membrane uh filter too because not everything is magnetic so um i'm i'm kind of a fan of the 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 cleaner you can keep the oil the better off you are and so yeah um no you uh in in my bikes uh, and race engines i tend to run multiple filter media yeah. So, so you're saying, cause I think what he's asking about, there's a, there's a, a KT, a filter that goes in the KTMs. It's a, it's a giant magnet that replaces, literally replaces the paper oil fil- filter. And I've actually been testing it. I probably should finally write the test on it. Cause I have, I'm pretty, pretty sure I've got enough information, but, uh, what it, like you said, what it does is the non-ferrous stuff, the, the stuff that doesn't stick to it is going to still continue to go around the system. And there's really, there's all you have at that point is a, is a screen to catch the stuff. And most, some of those things are a little bit smaller than that, I would say. Some of the clutch material, for instance. Yeah. Or are you, I think you're, you're watching this on you are you watching it on, on the, the, on one of the live feeds? I think so. <laughs> Because you're doing a delay. Is there any way you can, Chris? Is there any way you can switch over to the Zoom meeting and just go 100% Zoom meeting? Because I, I was sitting there, I was going, "How come he's? How come there's such a delay?" Okay, Anyways, is that we're, we'll let, let's see. Now, now we can talk without the five to ten second delay. Yeah, is that better? 
Yeah, that's better. We're better now. Cool. So kind of looked like okay. that guy that had the stroke there. Uh, what was I, it? Well, I thanks, <laughs> thanks, George. Yeah, you're next. Uh, <laughs> so oh. the it was it was funny. We were we were talking, and I I I. I could see that there was, a, I'm like, oh, he's really thinking about these questions tonight, but it was, you weren't being delivered the question just yet. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the thing about oil filtration, there's a, there's a uh, term called the beta ratio, which is the, the particulate size that is captured. And so um, abrasive where, you know, you, you have all kinds of debris inside of, uh, of, of a motor, particularly if you have a clutch, stirring things up so uh the 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 various filter medias will capture different sizes and different types of materials magnetic filters are excellent however being a lubrication engineer all particulates matter you know and so um filtering out you know some of the uh some of the smaller materials that are non-ferrous the aluminum and other things that's that's beneficial and also an oil filter is an excellent way when you're changing your oil to uh, dissect the filter and see kind of what's in there and that will give you an indication on uh, keep it or sell it yeah <laughs> yes yeah, sell it quick I yeah I, I use it but here's so the interesting thing with that with that really strong magnetic filter the Takamoto one so I've been putting it in different bikes and so I'm using it kind of like a cleaning tool because, you know, I have a bunch of different bikes. So I'll, I'll just pull the, you know, lay the bike over on its side, pull the paper filter out, drop this thing in there, go for a ride and then pull it back out. And it's, it's amazing how much stuff that you, you know, you have on the magnet and it's, it's, it's more like a grease really. Cause it's such the, it's all the super fine particulate stuff that must be getting, making its way through the filter. But I just uh, started, you know, started doing that and kind of round robin ran it through. And then on a couple of bikes, I popped a new filter in and I wanted to see if there was any kind of change in, in what the filter looked like after, you know, a couple more rides. So not super scientific, but kind of, uh, we'll call it, uh, uh, MacGyver testing of the, of the filter. And you, you know, you already have that one little magnet that's on the drain plug on a lot of bikes and then what a lot of people also don't realize is that sometimes if you have a wet ignition that your magnet in there is actually doing sometimes the same, the same thing. Very, very, very true. And, and it's also important, you know, you know, a lot of people don't realize that, that not all of the oil on every cycle of, of, of the lubrication, not all of it goes through the oil filter. There's a lot that gets bypassed. So we'll catch it on the next lap. But a magnetic filter that, you know, when when there's some, you know, when there's a lump or a chunk that goes past the the magnet, uh, the magnet will catch it, and and that's you know that's kind of a that's kind of a big deal. Keep that uh, abrasive material contained uh, inside of the uh, you know onto the magnet so it doesn't make another lap to cause you you know a little bit more uh, grief. And are we, and at that point, are we talking about kind of like large pieces? Well, I call them lumps and chunks. And, and so it depends, yeah. Yeah, it depends upon, you know, most of the time you're catching fairly small 10 to 20 micron size uh, debris. And so, you know, to put that into perspective, you know, a hair 
you know, off of one of us bald guys, that's about a hundred micron size. So imagine something much smaller than that. Um, so, you know, the, you know, you know, larger pieces that you might get in there, you know, piece the you know, top of a gear or, you know, you know, a, a little bit of casting material or where, you know, or shavings from, from something, a magnet will, will, will definitely catch that. And that, and that's our, that's a real good thing. Yeah. And, and like a uh, flying Brian says in the, in the chat there, the clutch fibers are the ones that keep going past the magnet a lot of times. And yeah, and, 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 that's... and so, you know, so, you know, you, you know, I, I do trust, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the paper or, or the smaller, uh, filters that, that, that capture the other, the other stuff. And, um, and, you know, it, it, and, you know, clean oil is a good thing in a motor. Yeah, for sure. So the other, so the other interesting thing is like, like you said, using the, using the paper filter as a, as a, as a, you know, sign of health, I don't think very many people do that. And I'm kind of in my, in my world, I'm kind of on my, on my personal bikes. I do like two oil changes to one filter. And like in the beginning, yeah, the first couple oil changes, I'm doing the filter. But after that, you know, I'm, I'm sort of not, and you know, not changing it out every single time because it doesn't really need to. And I've probably run my, my oil quite a bit longer than what the, what the, you know, what the manual will tell you a lot of times on some of the competition bikes. Uh, cause I don't feel like I'm that hard on it. And, and more often than not, I'm finding that the clutch is what's really killing the oil in engines that have a wet clutch. And if you're, if you're easy on the clutch, your oil is going to last a lot longer than if you're, uh, the guy that's, you know, slipping that sucker all the time. Yeah. A clutch, you know, a, a clutch by, by its nature sheds debris and a clutch by its nature also generates, you know, friction when you're slipping at the oil temperatures just go through the roof. And when oil gets hot, it gets thin. And when oil gets thin, the parts rub. And when parts rub, you got debris. And so, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, you know, you know, I, you know, I'm kind of the same way on my, on my filter, uh, maintenance, all, uh, you know, sometimes I'll pull a filter just to take a look at it, dump the oil, put the filter, you know, put the what I call the use filter back in. Um, um, but you know, I'm you know as soon, as soon as the oil starts to turn color for whatever reason, clutch or maybe I get a little bit trigger happy on the the the, the clutch or I'm testing a clutch uh, where I may may have a you know a slippage issue, I change oil um, just kind of because. You know, and it's, uh, you know, an oil change is a heck of a lot cheaper than a gasket set. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and uh, so Mark Daniels has a good question. Paper filter versus the stainless steel mesh filters. I like a paper filter. I, I love a stainless filter because you can clean them. But a paper yep. filter, but a paper filter typically will capture, you know, in its, in its pleats and it, in its pore size, a paper filter will will typically capture the very small particulates better than a, you know, than a, 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 a stainless filter. And it, and it's basically because of the, the open area mesh that, that is clearance. And, you know, a, a proper stainless filter typically filters everything down good enough to where the abrasive wear isn't that 
that bad for you, bad for the engine. But, uh, but you know, I, you know, I, I do like the the paper filters a lot. Yeah, and the and the 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 disadvantage of the paper filters is if they get wet. Oh, they don't like that. That they're cardboard. They don't like water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I I've I've run I've run both, and in reality, I all the different things I've tried, they're sort of like if you can, if you construct this thing, oh, if this happens or, you know, like, okay, if water gets in your engine, then you don't want to have a paper filter. Then you want to have a stainless steel filter. Oh, well, but if, if this, then it's okay. You want to have the magnet one and getting all these kind of scenarios. And like, like we, uh, when we were talking about one of our early shows, you came on, we were talking about the best oil and you said the best oil is. You, as long as your motorcycle has some oil in it and the right amount, you're, better than most yeah <laughs> yeah the, because the problems generally occur from you know like like when we were talking about the the earlier we were talking about the moose moose problems what what are the moose failures from the person that mounted them when people have a problem with their bike what what caused the problem the last thing you worked on it and so it's it's kind of if you just keep it simple and and just do the do do the do the right things instead of kind of going crazy uh I think you can get away with a lot. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna get get you back to the uh, the the question. How, so how am I doing? How how are we doing here? You got the, the you're doing good, Jimmy. But come on, give me give me something. I gotta I gotta figure out how to improve this. Well, I really I really think that that you know since the show kind of kind of is influenced heavily by the the listeners, um, I I would think that the show would could improve if you had a a you know a defined theme of of you know some of the topics you know posted maybe a little bit in advance so you say we're going to talk about you know the new yamaha or the new ktm or and something else and you name that and that would you know promote a little bit more interaction you know because right now it's a you know it's really it's a mystery but you kind of don't (laughs) know exactly where the show is going to go and so that's you know, I, I think I think the show could uh, you know, could um, evolve a little bit with with you know, just you know a couple identified targets that we're going to talk about. You know, we're going to talk about I don't know mini bikes or electric motorcycles or you know uh, you know since you know six days is coming up pretty quick. You know you know some you know some stuff about you know prepping bikes that they you know that you know some. Hey, of I that, I talked to. I talked to uh, uh, via via uh, uh, messaging uh, Jeff Fredette the other day because he actually uh, posted he rode the Stark the Stark Varg. Yep. Uh, somebody had one and he got to ride it and and I I've known Jeff forever. Jeff uh, when I rode my very first six days speaking of six days um, knew I was a, a a younger rider and he stuck around and because I was on a club team. And he stuck around, and when I came in to change my tire, he knelt down right next to me and kind of gave me some really good advice on on how to change a tire, just because he wanted to help. And it was funny because the way he was teaching me at that time, which is not a great time to teach, but he was there to help, was exactly the opposite way that I changed a tire. The way that I'd practice, the way I did. he wanted me to start on the other side. You know, he he thought I should start on the other side because he thought I might have just been. And it probably looked like it, a, you know, just a crazy young kid just doing everything wrong. And so 
<laughs> I remember sitting there being really patient, trying to help me do all this stuff. But I'm like, I'm not going to break routine. I'm going to do what I knew how to do. But he kind of stood there, watched. And at the end, I, I've always been super thankful of, you know, because for the most part, going into the six days, he was a, he was a competitor. I was racing against him because we were riding the 125 or 200 class at the time. Um, and then, and then uh, when... When I was there, he was there, like kind of to help. But anyway, so I've always respected Jeff. He wrote the Stark. It said some pretty interesting things about. It. It was very, very positive, and he wrote it in an off in a in a hair scramble, and I thought that was pretty cool. But he's also getting ready. He's uh, doing the container to ship over to six days, getting all that stuff ready. But uh, uh, that's a guy I'd like to get on the show, and I think he's also riding a. 1900s motorcycle across the country in a motorcycle cannonball run thing. So that guy's still out there doing it on, on cool stuff. So I want to get him on the show uh, to well, talk about some of these adventures. When he's going, when he's going across country, Perump's, in, you know, I mean, Perump's a good place to get lost in. I mean, he, he, I, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder where they're coming through. I imagine, cause it is kind of a show. I imagine they would come through Vegas, but they're on a schedule. I mean, when they're doing that stuff, it's a pretty, it's a, it's a, actually, it's their long days on those bikes. Oh yeah. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, Jeff Redette, the original king of the KDX 200, which was one of my, uh, actually one of my favorite bikes. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Thanks for that. Com- thanks for that comment. I think getting a, 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 a topic and stuff and what else, what else would really, uh, help? I think is if, if you're out there listening and stuff, share, share this show, um, tell, Tell a friend. Let people uh, let people know about it because the more people we have out there, the more questions we get. We all learn from the questions. I I learn when people uh, go go get stuff right and wrong, uh, both because I'm still uh, doing this uh, today as well. Uh, so one last question: You got to do this. Worst motorcycle ever. Is that a question for me? Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you have one? Yes. <laughs> I did I did some development on the 700cc ATK Mako single cylinder two stroke. That was on my list. And and it's like shooting dirty Harry's gun. Everybody wants to shoot it just one time. But <laughs> but you know after thinking about, you know, all of the, you know, bikes that have come and gone, you know, the, the specialty brands, I would have, I would, I would have to say some of these early prototype, cool concept, unique idea, but a bad idea. Um, (laughs) I, you know, I, you know, I, I, I have to, I have to say that, you know, you're, yeah, that that 700 cc Mako ATK stuffed in a you know in an aluminum frame. I mean, it was it was pure evil. But if I could find one, I'd buy it because <laughs> you know it, it's 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 sort of like. But could but could you start it? I could. I could start that thing every single time. Once we once we figured out kind of the the uh the, the yeah, compression release and some timing um but if but if you know, and it was a weird kick start you know position when it kicked yeah. back it would shoot you over the bars 
it would kick you back so hard that you you didn't want to screw up kicking it. So oh yeah yeah so you know I I would say you know I would say you know that motorcycle is like it was the it was a great concept, but and you know yeah, it, yeah. it had a huge well, you, and it didn't rev. It didn't rev. It, it, it like it revved to three thousand, I think. Yeah. I think it got to three thousand RPM. It had, it had so much torque that it would just light up the rear wheel. Then every once in a while, at speed, it, the damn thing would catch traction. You'd do a surprise monster wheelie one across the desert, and and it was it was like trying to make friends with a Tyrannosaurus Rex. You never knew if you were going to be friends or it was going to kill you. So, so you know that I, that that's that, my that's my worst motorcycle ever and that one that one that one made my list i talked about it on the on the worst show just a little bit so so i'll give you the the shot best best motorcycle wow well right now my motorcycle that i'm getting along with the best is a husky 501 um and 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 that's because i'm a little bit long in the tooth and that the power band on that and the low frequency vibration to my, you know, my all original parts. I'm having a say for, for a dual sport trail ride bike. Um, That's a, that right now, I, I think that that is the best for me, but everybody's going to have the best for them. And so, I, you know, I, I kind of, it's not a, it's not a bad, not a bad pick. I mean, I mean, I, I, I think I, I ended up picking the KTM 500, you know, EXC almost any year. And that was, uh, that was one of those things where it's just like this bike fits everybody. It's in the Huskies kind of the same thing. I prefer the KTM for a couple of small reasons, but I know a lot of people that like the Husky for the exact reasons that I don't. So, uh, yeah, what a, what a, I mean, Kind of, kind of easy thing. It's and it's it's really kind of a do all because I think we that was one of the one of the parameters was like the, the all the bike. <laughs> it's funny that you you're the first person that didn't like on when we talk about the worst bike ever. It seems like when we ever talk about it, there has to be some horrible reliability issue with them, and that just instantly gets it down to worst category. But I don't know if anybody ever rode a Mako. Uh, you know, a ATK 700 or Mako 700 long enough to experience any durability or, uh, you know, failures on that thing. Like you said, one and done. Well, I, I actually rode that thing about a thousand miles. Um, oh, and <laughs> o- over the course of about five months of testing, because we, you know, it had too big a carburetor and it, yeah, we wound up putting a, a, a compression release, in it and then you know we, we did all kinds of things and we and it would blow the carburetor off and it would go very far and you know running a three-speed transmission and 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 different uh different weights on on the uh on on, on the on the flywheel and different uh different ignition timing and and the 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 only time that motorcycle it left me walking a couple times but most of the time it was something that we were testing that we got wrong. You know, I blew the carburetor yeah. off a couple of times and I found that that, that thing really liked to be run really rich. And 
you know, I ran out of gas several times. And but <laughs> but but I wrote it, you know, I wrote it for one day of the Nevada 200, and that was a bad idea. Um, <laughs> but I took I took it to uh, Jawbone Canyon and was doing hill climbs, and that was a wonderful idea. That's a good idea. So, that's where that's where my Husaberg 650 needs to go next is the jawbone. Uh, I was yeah. I tried to go after the last storm, but we took it trail riding instead, and it uh, it produced some issues. <laughs> yeah, jawbone jawbone canyon with those hills uh, after after a rain, and you got a you you know, you you got your talent switch you know on the on and full upright position and a new tire. Jawbone can be just absolutely magic on a big horsepower bike. Um, yep. But then you get to the top of the hill, you got to ride down that hill. And that, that, that sometimes that's not as much fun as going up. Oh, you, you bang gears and just go. Just yep. don't, don't worry about, don't worry about the hoop dee at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, it's all good. Hey, Chris, well, thanks a ton for coming on, being a big supporter of the show. Always uh, dishing out uh, really good knowledge. Uh, I know uh, I appreciate it. And I think a lot of the fans of the show like it as well. So where can uh, where can people reach you if they need uh, some motorcycle certification testing? Well, you know, I'm over at dpstechnical.com um, and, you know, uh, and also over at uh, motorcyclenoise.com. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty easy to, 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 you know, to find if, if, if somebody needs some uh, regulatory assistance or some you know, specific DOT testing. Uh, there's not too many you know, not, not too many of us out there doing that, but, um, really, uh, really the manufacturers that, that we're, uh, helping right now, some of them kind of need, you know, they kind of need, uh, some very basic entry level, um, consulting and, and, and some product reviews and, and because they're, some of the guys are kind of new. And so, you know, DPS technical is, 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 where I'm hanging out, been hanging out here for, you know, I founded this and uh, I've been doing it for a while. Yeah, nine, nine, 94 is when we when we when I when I founded this organization and uh, you know uh, you know we've evolved and and, uh, and just just like uh, Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, you know we're we're evolving to meet the customers' uh, you know desires. So you know we're you know guys that listen to to, to this podcast make a suggestion. We'll. We'll either laugh yeah. at it or we'll evolve, but uh, we do appreciate uh, being a being a part of of, of of the community. Yeah, appreciate it. So thanks a lot, Chris. And uh, with that, we'll uh, we'll see you out in the trail. I'm going to wrap up by answering a few questions that kind of came in. So uh, let's see. Uh, I wanted to I wanted to thank uh, Ron uh, Wielder, who says I don't think it's clear what the show is to outsiders. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a new viewer and I had no idea, but kept popping up when I would go to YouTube one night. I was curious and I'm watching it ever since. Thanks, Ron. I really uh, appreciate it. Um, and uh, yeah, and he recognized me from my tour of Idaho video, which uh, man, that has a, quite a few views up on the on the internet. So I did the tour of Idaho a few years back. And uh, James G wants to know how do you put a compression release in a two-stroke? So on the old days, there was a lot of um, two strokes that had two spark plugs because it foul one and you could just switch the spark plug over but you, you could also take that spark plug out and they would put another fixture inside of there that had a little pull operated um uh release and it would it, so that's how you would do it you just pull the lever and it would just uh 
let the let the compression out and so you can you can get it past top dead center that way and then give it a kick or kick it while and then release the lever but uh, on that KT on that uh, ATK 700 that was a recipe for a backfire or a or a mistimed uh, kick start and like Chris said it would probably throw you over the handlebars so uh, again it's about time for us to wrap this up I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show Yamaha Takamoto Scott Sports Climb DDC Trail Tech, Fast Company, Seat Concepts, Bulletproof Designs, and Double Take Mirrors. I'm going to get, uh, I always say this, every show I say I'm going to get more organized and uh, do that. But I think we're going to work on some of this uh, stuff, have a theme, have uh, something to start, at least start discussing. Hopefully we won't go off the rails too much. And uh, with that, everybody, uh, thanks for joining in. Tell a friend, leave comments, and uh, we'll see you out in the trail. So uh, cheers, everybody.